Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times. And today we're going to get into the Thanksgiving weekend spirit with a show about philanthropy. With me in the studio is co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael, and we have three guests with us today. Barry Lesso is here. He's the executive director of United Way of Monroe County. Sherry Woodbury is the president and CEO of the Community Foundation of Bloomington and Monroe County. And Christy Steele is the president and CEO of the Greater Bloomington Chamber of Commerce. We've pre-recorded this program, so you can't call us today with your questions or comments, but we hope you'll stick with us through the, uh, the end of the hour so you can hear what our guests have to say about philanthropy. Mary Catherine. Hi, Bob. Hi. Nice to see you. Welcome back. We missed you last week. Glad you're here today. Yeah. Well, we're, you know, we're, we're, we're taping this show for the day after Thanksgiving. It's the day after Thanksgiving now. We're taping a little early. Um, but I know, I, you know, I can't help but picture the people that I saw last week sitting outside of Target and other places who were kind of bundled up, had tents and looked like the stereotype that you'd think of of somebody who was maybe homeless in the community. But they, they were, were gameless. But they were, in fact, you know, waiting out there to buy these new electronic games. And it just sort of struck me, you know, going into the, the program today that that, that is sort, it said a lot to me about sort of the haves and have-nots of our community, that some people can sit up all night waiting for the new generation of, of computer game and other people may sit up all night because they don't have any place to go to keep warm. Barry? Yeah, well, certainly, Bob. And, you know, I think the stereotype is that people are um, spending the night in tents and we, um, we do recognize that um, most people in Bloomington um, are able to be served by one of the agencies like Backstreet Mission or Martha's House um, who help the homeless, Community Kitchen who help provide food. Um, there are other folks um, who find themselves homeless very suddenly and often the situation is where they will need to stay with someone um, for a couple of days or and um, we found people who have had to stay in cars um, and that's something we certainly want to make sure doesn't happen in our community. Um, what we're working on as a community is to ensure that people don't get homeless. It costs on the average to um, keep someone in their home who's about to get evicted about four to $500 to usually um, get it so they can stay at home. Once that person becomes homeless or that family, it usually costs about $5,000 to get them back into housing. And then, of course, there's a change in stability. Often there needs to be um, the kids will find themselves transferring school. And so we're really trying to work on all of those pieces together. Um, homelessness remains somewhat of an issue in the county. Um, we're taking a look right now. There's a group formed to take a look at providing family shelter, mm -hmm. which is something that's probably the area where, that requires the most attention right now. And of course, I think we all recognize that food's been in short supply this year. Um, the demand is increasing and the supply is also increasing, but not, not quick enough, um, not nearly quick enough to hold up to the demand. So mm -hmm. a lot going on and a lot that um, our community is doing um, to help make sure that people are taken care of, not not only on Thanksgiving and, and, and the holidays, but throughout the year. Mm -hmm. You know, now that we're in the, officially in the holiday season, we <clears throat> tend to focus on the needs of children quite a bit. Um, what percentage of people who find themselves homeless are actually children? There is a, a pretty good percentage, and it's probably somewhere – we feel that at any given point, there are somewhere between 6 and 10 families in our community who are homeless. Now, that's probably not – necessarily a high percentage, but still we're talking about six to ten families who really don't feel like they've got a stable place to stay. Mm -hmm. And again, sometimes it's a matter of staying with other relatives. Um, sometimes it's a matter of needing to leave the community, which is <laughs> – which is destabilizing for that family. And sometimes it's a matter of that family really having no place to turn. What we have just launched this Monday on the 20th, um, just a few days ago, was a service called 211. And 211 is a one-call telephone number. Anyone who feels that they need help, whether it's a person who wants to um, – who feels that they're, they're homeless or about to become homeless or they need food or they want to volunteer. So it's a one-call social service number, um, 211. Just pick up the phone anywhere in the Monroe and Owen County areas and many other areas throughout the state, and you will be connected with an operator who will be able to help give you exactly the information you need. And the reason we, we talk about this in terms of homelessness is if families can call before they become homeless, we've got a lot of ways that mm -hmm. we can help that family stay in its home. Um, help those kids stay in the same school. And I think this is, again, we recognize that school instability, um, having to move, having to be 
um, in an unstable environment just creates ripples all the way up and down the line. People um, may find they can't get ready to go to work. They may not be able to go to work. The kids don't. Their kids aren't attending school. And so I would recommend calling 211. There are agencies out there that can help. Great. And we could refer folks to that number as well. Absolutely. And, you know, this is, again, 211, information and referral. Um, that they, may have, they can give you a referral to the right agency given your particular situation. How, is that staffed 24 hours a day? or 24-7, which is great. Um, is it is great. staffed by people at Area 10 Agency on Aging um, during business hours. It'll be, they'll be there about 40 to 50 hours a week. When they're not there, it rings through to Indianapolis. And those operators have access to the very same data that we have here. You may lose a little bit of the personal touch like, yeah, community kitchen right across Roger Street from this building, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, that, that sort of um, landmark aspect of it. But they know exactly who serves food um, and where the, where the places are to go and what the hours are. So, again, and I think that's something else we found too. A person would come to an agency and it would be too late or too early. They wouldn't have the, necessarily the right piece of paper. 211 can give you what you need to know before you leave the house. All right. Our guest today, Barry Lesso. And Barry, I hope you take this in the right way. But when Barry's here, we never never worry about filling the time. You know? we, <laughs> we always know that Barry has, has a wealth of knowledge and a lot to say. We have two other guests, though, also. Sherry Woodbury is here. She's president and CEO of the Community Foundation of Bloomington Monroe County. And Christy Seal is here. She's the president and CEO of the Greater Bloomington Chamber of Commerce. Uh, we've pre-recorded the program for uh, airing today, the day after Thanksgiving, so you can't call us with your questions and comments. Um, I want to, to turn to Sherry and to Christy and talk about uh, National Philanthropy, Philanthropy Day, which was mm-hmm. last week, and the fact that it got the three of you together to mm-hmm. work on some of these issues in our community. Sherry? Yeah. Well, National Philanthropy Day, it's just, just an opportunity to come together and celebrate all the good things that people do in our community to help others in need. And it made a lot of sense for our organizations to partner. Um, obviously, the United Way and the Community Foundation are both sort of donor-oriented, um, looking at the needs of the full community. And the Chamber is a wonderful partner because our local businesses do believe in giving back to the community, as some of their data has shown. Mm-hmm. Um, so this has just been an opportunity to tell some of the stories of local people giving back and say thank you for all that you've done and that there are more opportunities to give and, and however you're interested in doing it. Uh, Christy, I'm going to get you on here in just a second, but I want to have Barry and Sherry talk about the differences between United Way and the Community Foundation. I know I've heard it been described as the checkbook versus the the savings account. So, Sherry? Yes, um, I've heard that analogy quite a bit, too. (laughs) For the Community Foundation, our mission is to promote enduring and effective philanthropy. So enduring is really kind of the key word there in our niche. Um, that reflects the fact that our our purpose is to build permanent endowments for the community. So we are accepting gifts of all sizes from many different individuals and families and businesses and pooling them and investing them and then using the earnings from that investment to make grants back into the community. So the wonderful thing about it is it's a perpetual source of funding mm-hmm. for the community and the needs that it supports really depends on the interests of the donors. Um, certainly we do um, fund human service things uh, such as the 211 program that Barry was talking about, um, but we also fund things in arts and culture, education, recreation, uh, preservation and beautification. So it really runs the whole gamut of what a person might be interested in in the community. Mm-hmm. Sherry, if a person is a not-for-profit board member listening to this show, mm-hmm. um, uh, you can take any of the many, many or- of those organizations that we have um, in our community and the surrounding areas, and they're, you know, they're doing a lot of fundraising, and it's, it tends to be a little exhausting mm-hmm. after a while. Do you recommend they call you and look into ways to set up a, a more enduring way to fund their organization? For sure. In fact, a year and a half, two years ago, as we were looking at how can we be the most effective in serving the community, we surveyed uh, local nonprofits through our grant cycle and through, you know, through PR, and uh, the response we got back was that they are looking for lasting sources of funding to get off the treadmill of fundraising with grants and to really build a solid donor base um, because individuals are the most reliable source of funding um, uh, for nonprofits. So we actually launched a program um, just this year called Matchstick. Um, which is the purpose of it is to build agency endowments. Uh, agency endowments are designated to support one organization. Um, so, for example, this year we have Monroe County United Ministries, Middleway House, um, the Lotus Arts and Education Foundation, 
and Parks and Recreation. Parks and Recreation. Thank you, <laughs> City of Bloomington Parks and Recreation Foundation, um, participating in that program. So their donors are um, giving to their endowment, and we're actually putting match dollars in from the Community Foundation, and that will be a source of funding that you know, ten years from now, twenty years from now, um, we'll keep supporting their work in the community. Now, along with that, we've also. Um, kind of see this as a capacity-building effort for our local nonprofits. So we've also uh, partnered with the Nonprofit Alliance to sponsor a series of trainings um, related to fund development, um, like how do you build a database that helps you reach out to your donors and your supporters and communicate with them. Um, the last one uh, a couple days ago was on uh, e-newsletters and how do you start an e-newsletter program. Um, how do you let your supporters know about planned giving opportunities? So those are a few things that we're doing really to work with the agencies to build that lasting funding base for them. Barry, it's been it's, and I want to compliment Sherry because she got the mailing about National Philanthropy Day and called Christie and 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 United Way and said, "Is this something we'd like to work on together?" I thought it was just a tremendous idea. So we really owe a lot of gratitude mm-hmm. to Sherry for coming up with this idea. United Way certainly is, is as Sherry said, donor focused, and um, we really are addressing the most critical human service needs that we see in the community today. We want to make sure people have access to sufficient food and a safe place to live and basic medical care and access to crisis services. At the same time, we're really working, doing what we can to reduce those needs tomorrow. Mm-hmm. What sorts of investments in people do we need to be making now to, to help have a lower demand for safety net services in the future? And so we're taking a look at workforce preparation. What sorts of investments do we need to be making there. We're taking a look at youth and children. What sorts of investments do we need to be making there? And we just launched a new campaign this past um, Saturday at the um, For the Love of Kids conference, which was put on by WTIU and co-sponsored by WFIU, which was designed to bring early childhood materials to people who are caring for young kids. And these are very convenient ways to understand what your child should be doing at birth, four months old, all the way up to five years old. There are posters. Everything is on the United Way website at MonroeUnitedWay.org. But again, how can we help create a situation, create a community dynamic so that there's less need in the future? Mm-hmm. Okay, Christy. Now, how does the business community fit into all this? Oh, absolutely. Well, we, again, saw this as a tremendous opportunity, Bob, and really appreciated Sherry coming to us with this great opportunity. Um, obviously, the Chamber, we're, we're an organization, not-for-profit organization of approximately 1,000 businesses, 1,000 organizations. Actually, we're comprised of both for-profit, not-for-profit, governmental, and civic uh, individuals uh, participate in the Chamber. And at the Chamber, we believe in better business, better community, and we obviously serve as the leading uh, business advocate in the community. And we believe as the business community is strengthened, the community is strengthened because so many of our businesses do, in fact, give back to the community in the form of both um, financial uh, contributions as well as in the form of time and energy and encouraging their employees often to uh, participate in not-for-profit boards and uh, to give of their time and their energies to uh, non-for-profits and to community causes. So it's a natural fit that there, as you look at, again, um, back to a 2002 survey that the chamber conducted that said 88% of our responses said, respondents said we do give back in some form or another, whether it's be cash, whether it be time, whether it be, um, you know, uh, company outings, you know, such as United Day of, you know, the Day of Caring, you mm-hmm. name it, United Way's Day of Caring. Um, there are a, a tremendous opportunities for businesses to give back. And fortunately, here in this community, people do step up. And, you know, I've had the pleasure of working in um, 11 plus communities in the state, counties in the state. And I have to say, I've been um, uh, very impressed with uh, business leaders here in the community and small business to large and how much they give back here in the community, both of their time and of their resources. I know the chamber has a lot of committees. Do you have a committee that actually works on these issues, like like not working with nonprofits or social service agencies? We have a variety, especially on our advocacy side and in our uh, kind of in our community relations hat. Uh, First of all, bring up our Franklin Initiative, our Franklin Initiative works with a variety of nonprofits and obviously works very um, intimately with the school districts uh, to work on um, creating more career awareness among students of opportunities in the community, as well as working on the dropout rate. And, you know, United Way has been a great friend, uh, community foundation as well, of, of uh, the Franklin Initiative 
among others. And then we also, on the advocacy side, have you know a diversity committee where we work with other uh, non-for-profits in the community. We're kicking off our health care team. So we do have you know, some opportunities, mm-hmm. I think, to work on those um, social service issues um, as well, Bob. So yes, while we have other committees, those yeah, are sure. a few uh, that work uh, very intimately, I think, with the nonprofit community. Well, well, I think the interesting thing, one of the interesting things to me is the partnership but, uh, among the three of you because, you know, the, the Community Foundation and United Way makes perfect sense. But then when you throw in the business community, I think to some it's like, wow, how'd they get in there? But then you think about the power that that gives mm-hmm. the overall effort mm-hmm. and it, it makes a difference. Absolutely. Yeah. Philanthropy is for everyone and that certainly includes the businesses in our community. Right. You know, I think when we talk – when I think about philanthropy um, – I always it's it's a difficult question about prioritization. There are international opportunities for philanthropy. We're hearing so much about what's going on in Africa and, you know, other places in the world. There are national opportunities also, you know, many very excellent organizations that you can be a part of financially or otherwise. And then there's the local grassroots efforts and I think as an individual, for many of us, it's really hard to decide, you know, how to handle those kinds of choices. So I'd like to hear from the experts uh, on our panel how (laughs) how you recommend people make sense of all the opportunities that we have. Mm Well, I've experienced that myself, too, Mary Catherine. And what I finally end up doing, and some of our donors do this, too, is making up a giving plan. Mm-hmm. You know, I have a certain amount that I just leave open to be responsive to opportunities that come from what I'm going to give each year. But um, I also think through what are my priorities in the community and in the international arena and kind of make an allocation of what do I want to support. And that gives you time to really think about it and what are your principles and where do you think your dollars are going to make the most difference or just what you're most passionate about? Because mm-hmm. um, there's so many good causes out there and you can't, you can't support all of them. And I think, you know, whatever a person decides to support, just know that it's making a difference, that all of these organizations are doing good work and that one person doesn't have to do it all. You know, it's all of us collectively coming together and supporting different things that makes it work. We had um, Lynn Schwartzberg on the um show last week, we were talking about parenting, and and we did actually get into a a discussion about philanthropy and bringing your children Mm. into your philanthropy. That is a hard word to say. I am really suffering. (laughs) Philanthropy. That was a good show last week. I heard part of it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we missed you. But uh, making your children a part of of that plan, Mm -hmm. and I thought that there was a, a lot of wisdom in that. It's really important and I think to impress – and I heard the show last week as well and um, I thought it was excellent despite the fact that Bob wasn't there. (laughs) Will Will did – Will Will and Mary Catherine did just fine. And I thought Lynn and the guests made a very good point. It's important to help kids understand how their contribution of time or money um, can really help. This is a a sort of thing that that really builds engagement on the part of children. And I think certainly volunteering Mm. is just as important um, both for adults as well as for children in our community. From one, most of our agencies rely on volunteers. They would simply not be able to do what they're able to do without volunteers. And especially as we notice the IU um, population shrank a little bit um, over this weekend and will um, shrink again after finals week, this is the time when community volunteers are needed the most in just about all of our agencies year-round as well. Um, But it also gives kids a chance to have that experience Mm -hmm. and a chance to really understand what happens at a, a nonprofit agency. These are sort of things that I think you just need to really see things happen, really see food being served, really see people being helped um, in order to get a sense of, gee, what is my contribution of time? And then I think the investment of money comes afterwards. I agree with Sherry. Find your passion. Find agencies that are doing a good job at addressing that cause. Um, so do your homework, do your research, and then give um, – we used to say give until it hurts. Um, <laughs> and then, then we decided that really wasn't the point. So now we're saying give until it feels good. Um, and then Coach Felicia Leggett-Jack at the, um, I, the, for the IU women's basketball team said, no, give until it hurts. You really, you really need to feel the pain in order to make that contribution. Feel the burn. So, yeah, yeah, feel the burn, exactly. So the burn, yeah. I will leave it to the audience to decide. <laughs> That's part of why the volunteering aspect is so important, especially for young people or those of us who have been fortunate in our lives. And to connect the reality of what it's like to be someone who's having a hard time putting food on the table and meeting the medical bills and paying the rent or whatever, you know, all those different demands. Um, I think it really develops compassion, which is where philanthropy comes from in the first place, that you care about other people and you feel we're all connected to each other. Yeah, I think one of the issues with philanthropy, that word that Mary Catherine has a tough time saying, (laughs) is that sometimes it does sort of bring up the image of somebody who has millions and millions of dollars to 
endow, mm-hmm. you know, a, a new library or, or, or whatever. But mm-hmm. philanthropy, as you've both been talking about, um, is more about whatever you can give. And it may be money or it may be mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And I want to go back to Christy for a minute because you mentioned that some, some of the businesses in the community – I know a lot of them will donate money, but but they're also businesses that donate time. And I wish you would talk about some of the businesses, and I think you can name a couple of names, that actually um, engage their employees in this kind of philanthropy by by giving them the time off to participate in things. Sure, happy to do that. Well, one uh, recent experience, and I know in the Herald Times you covered this story, but um, GE, for example, mm-hmm. they they are really focused on getting uh, their employees out, helping to build bridges in the community. Um, literally. And, you literally <laughs> build bridges. Yes, I was just going to say, yeah. literally build bridges. You know, engineers, they have a great expertise and talent there to literally go out and build bridges. You know, I know um, United Day of Caring, a number of businesses really stepped up to the plate there and said, Okay, today we're going to wear our T-shirts. We're going out and we are going to help out. You know, if it's Middleway House and painting, um, you name it, they they really do step up to the plate and say, "Let's do this as a team." Um, additionally, businesses who um, help in supporting walks, you know, the cancer walk, heart, heart, other walks like that, to say, "Hey, let's form a team. Uh, let's put some money towards it. Let's go out and and look at this as a team building exercise, but also a way to uh, participate in our community." So there you know, are a variety a, a of a business wouldn't do like that if it didn't makes sense for them to do it. So what do they get back? Absolutely. I think they get back, well, a number of things. It depends on what level. Um, Their their employees feel better about themselves, about the organization they work for, because the organization helps to organize this for them. Um, I think as an organization, they feel as well that, hey, we're giving back. We're seeing that we're making a difference. Um, We're putting our skill set to use, whether we're, you know, engineers, whether we're marketing folks who can help a non-for-profit with marketing plans, um, they can actually see that they are making a difference in the community. So it's that overall just that feeling better about the community, making a difference in the community in which you live and work. Yeah, I don't know about you, Mary Catherine. I'm, I don't think I'll name names, but there are certain businesses in town that really uh, – that I identify as people that participate a great deal in mm-hmm. the community. Mm-hmm. And I'm more inclined to want to go to their business, mm-hmm. whether it's for – banking services or <laughs> you know yes. a car or whatever mm-hmm. it is absolutely. because I know how much they participate in the community absolutely and I think we're we're in a unique community where um independent and localized businesses are, are very heavily supported, which I think is wonderful. And you're right. The more you give back, the more people pay attention here, quite honestly. They pay attention. And you're right. They want to support businesses that give back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, again, we are pre-recording our program, so you can't call us today. But our guests are Barry Lesso, Executive Director of United Way of Mineral County, Sherry Woodbury, President and CEO of the Community Foundation of Bloomington and Mineral County, and Christy Steele, the President and CEO of the Greater Bloomington Chamber of Commerce. The topic today is uh, philanthropy. Um, Sherry, I wanted to ask you, and Barry, you might want to weigh in on this Mm -hmm. too. Um, Maybe it's my own personal awareness that's grown over time, or or maybe this really is a phenomenon, but it seems that there are more and more ways to give, um, and I'm thinking more in terms of of financially right now, Mm -hmm. um, and that the community or the philanthropy community has really gotten creative about opportunities Mm -hmm. for people. Um, I was. talking to a friend recently who suggested a percentage of your estate can be given mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. to an organization. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she mentions a, a pretty low number, like, you know, one or two percent. But you think mm-hmm. about that, that could really make a difference. And so I thought you might want to talk a little bit about sure. some more creative options. Yeah, that, that is wonderful explore. to think about. You know, if everybody gave five percent of their estate to yeah. charities in their community, what that would mean, especially if they gave it to a permanent form of support, such as endowments, what that would do over the long term. Um, yeah, checkbook gifts are probably Popular and we all want them to continue, but there are a lot of other options, too. Um, the easiest and what uh, almost all of us can do is put a bequest, one of our bequests in our will um, for charities, um, so that after we're gone, you know, we can continue to support those organizations whose work we believe in. Um, other options, like you can uh, donate stock or bonds, um, and your tax advisor can make suggestions about when it's smart to do that. What about real estate? Real estate is definitely... Um, a, a gift that can be made, and in fact, the Community Foundation has accepted a number of gifts of real estate. Um, there also are um, different forms of trusts that can help you um, meet other financial goals. Um, uh, for example, if you want to preserve assets for your heirs and you want to um, make a gift to charity, you can look at something called a lead trust, charitable lead trust. So um, an attorney um, or financial advisor can help kind of work through some of those options. And some of our charities um, have 
uh, savvier folks who can help suggest some of those options too. Mm-hmm. There are ways uh, in the, uh, I, I guess the the checkbook variety yeah. that <laughs> that also are pretty creative and different events that people have. Barry, you can probably address that. Well, yeah, I, I was going to. I'm very impressed by Sherry's. Um, <laughs> Sherry's got terminology that I'm, I'm going to have to go home and look up. Because, um, this, this is a great world of, of endowment-based philanthropy, and, and I'm really glad she had a chance to talk about that. United Way has an endowment with the Community Foundation as well, um, but certainly in terms of this kind of um, current giving, we have. Uh, I think there are a number of ways that people can give conveniently. Obviously, one advantage of United Way is often the opportunity for payroll deduction, mm-hmm. and this way, a um, small amount comes out. Every two weeks, um, every week, and and over time, it accumulates to a gift that you might not be able to have given in one check. Um, we've also investigated this year, and on our website for the first time, we are um, facilitating people donating um, online through one of the third-party online services, and you can give there. And this way, it's it's a, a payment that you can make um, by a credit card. And we also have ACH withdrawal, so people who would just like a certain amount taken out of their checkbook, they may not work for a place that has payroll deduction. They may be one of our growing number of independent people or entrepreneurs and yet they would like to simulate that, um, we can do a regular ACH withdrawal. So lots of different ways to give. And again, I think as Sherry mentioned, it's important um, just because people can think about making these investments and this allows them to fit this into their their giving plan. You know, Barry, another one I think about that we see with a lot of folks is memorials and tributes. Um, You know, very meaningful to give to if someone passes away that you care about and you know what meant a lot to them in the community to make a gift in their honor to that organization can be um, very moving. Absolutely. And, and I guess I need to – this is a good time for me to throw in that um, we don't have Beth Savage here, but the uh, wish list for mm-hmm. the community organizations is appearing in the newspaper today and it's been on their website. But this is another way that people mm-hmm. can, can give creatively. Uh, you know, If you have an old car that you don't need anymore – there's a, an organization that would take it. Or if you have mm-hmm. towels or you know, any number of items that you might not think about, uh, there are organizations in this community that would love to have those things. I would and encourage you, everybody to get today's paper, take a look at that wish list, and take a look at the items that you have saved up. Um, it, some agencies are looking for a set of chairs. Some mm-hmm. agencies are looking for – a lot of agencies are looking for photocopy paper. Um, there's just all sorts of things that your business or you at home may have. And again, that's the – it's a great way to save the agency money and a great way to connect with some of the agencies in town. And, you know, that's something you could do with your children. You could sit down with that and a highlighter and say, you know what, we have old towels. We can take those to the Humane Association or, you know, any number of things and really get your children involved. I, I, I'm big on that, as you yeah. can tell. <laughs> and, I, and I think as we take a look at the nonprofits in this community, um, certainly to understand that there are nonprofits in animal welfare and in, in land preservation like Sycamore Land Trust, there are nonprofits serving many, many needs. Many of them are human service. Um, many are not. Many are cultural. And so taking a look at that range and seeing what which of those agencies you want to connect with. Um, but it is a great way to sit down. And um, mm-hmm. I'm sure some of these um, items that agencies need could be purchased and brought over. And um, mm-hmm. that's agencies will take new items too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Christy? Well, and a, another great idea that came across my desk the other day, some uh, friends of mine, we were talking about uh, getting together for the holidays and what kind of gifts, you know, and let's all give gifts at a certain dollar amount to one another. And one of uh, my friends emailed back and said, why don't we all um, give that money instead uh, to a charity? And then talk that evening about why we chose mm-hmm. a specific charity mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. such. And I thought, mm-hmm. what a great idea. And of giving, you know, a $20 gift or whatever to one another, let's all think about, you know, those types of opportunities and a potential look at that as families or other friends as well uh, that you associate with. So we've we've gone that route, actually, in my family, and it's wonderful. And I tell you what, it's really so much more rewarding than getting another candle or, you know, just, you know, if you're you're lucky enough to be in a position that you have everything you really need and Mm -hmm. and pretty much, you know, you've got your, your basics more than your candle supply is, is yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, my candle supply is good. So, <laughs> so it's wonderful, and and um, you're right. That's exactly what it does spur more discussion about mm-hmm. that. Is the gifts? You know, the the givers uh, get to find out about the organization mm-hmm. that the, the gift recipient chose, and so um, I think that that builds a nice kind of awareness and and ownership and. Uh, it's just a good it's a good way to handle things. We've actually hit halftime, so we're going to take a short break and uh, you're listening to Noon Edition. Sorry you can't call us today. But we'll be right back after this uh, short break. Noon Edition on WFIU.
You're listening to Noon Edition on member-supported WFIU. Production support comes from Closets 2, providing organized and expanded closet and storage space for home office and garage, using a variety of systems with no major renovations. Closets 2 owned and operated in Bloomington, 332-2233. And from South Dunn Street Project, represented by Brian Lappin Real Estate, classic bungalow-inspired architecture in the Bryan Park neighborhood of Bloomington, www.southdunnstreet.info. Friday, December 1st, it's Around the Tree at the Vigo County Public Library with the Silly Safari Show. In Columbus, it's First Fridays for Families on the 1st from 6 to 7.30 with the Season's Greetings Magic Show and on Friday the 1st in downtown Bloomington from 4.30 to 7.30, it's the Art and Museum Exhibits Gallery Walk. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, along with Mary Catherine Carmichael and our guest today, Barry Lesso, Executive Director of United Way of Monroe County, Sherry Woodbury, who's the President and CEO of the Community Foundation of Bloomington and Monroe County, and Christy Steele, the President and CEO of the Greater Bloomington Chamber of Commerce. We've pre-recorded the program, so you can't call us today, but we're talking about philanthropy and ways that you can help out nonprofits in the community, so we'll continue with that discussion. And I wanted to ask about um, how this year compares to other years. I think, you know, probably every year when we have this conversation, we talk about how the need is growing, the need is growing. But the need is growing. And I think particularly we've heard it on the, the side of the food banks and the the, um, the community kitchen and, and those kinds of places. Barry, could you start addressing that topic? Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, the need is growing. And the as, you know, people are generous. The, the supply of food, people are donating um, overall more food. It's just not growing as quickly as the demand. And one of our agencies mentioned that their food demand was up 72 percent wow. over the past few years and the supply of food was up 10 percent. Um, and so this has created some shortages for them. This year, for the very first time, the Hoosier Hills Food Bank needed to go out and purchase food. And, of course, they purchase food. Um, you can always purchase food from, from a grocery store, but um, it's the, the stores and the, the, um, some of the IU residence halls as well as some of the um, Greek houses that are great, great donors of food. But this was a food purchase made through the Second Harvest Foods bank. And United Way was able to p- p- combine some money with the Perry Township trustee and the Hoosier Hills Food Bank folks, and they were able to go out and buy about 27,000 pounds of food. Now, of course, they got a wonderful deal, and it was less than 50 cents a pound, but nonetheless, this is a very new thing for our community to need to purchase food. There are food banks that are o- ongoing, and the demand, of course, is year-round. Probably the day where there's the most food available is Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the time outside of Thanksgiving where supplies tend to to dwindle. And so we encourage people, especially during the holiday season, um, as we enter that time when the IU folks leave town, um, for the most part, to make sure that that food supply stays constant. So we're asking people to give um, and to contact the Hoosier Hill Food Bank or your favorite food um, food agency. Where, there was a food where can drive. we make drop, drop-offs? I want to talk oh, about that. Sure. Because I think people really need concrete information. We'll make it convenient. <laughs> they can drop food off tonight, as a matter of fact. Um, thanks to our folks at Downtown Bloomington, Inc., and the City of Bloomington, and the Hoosier Hills Food Bank, um, and the Bloomington Pops Orchestra, there is a food drive that accompanies the um, tree lighting ceremony tonight. And so at the Buzzkirk Chumley Theater and other spots around the square, um, there's a concert at 530. There's another concert at 8 o'clock. There will be food receptacles there and just bring the food. Um, And again, we thank the Pops for helping promote this. Um, People can always call the Hoosier Hills Food Bank. And if you go to the Monroe County United Way website at monroeunitedway.org, click on Agency Partners. Um, You will find information about the Hoosier Hills Food Bank, Monroe County United Ministries, Community Kitchen, Salvation Army, um, a lot of of agencies that are serving food to people in our community. But certainly they they welcome the food and they can help you know what food is needed most. And Community Kitchen is a place you can drop food off? Absolutely. Community Kitchen is located at 917 South Rogers Street, um, just south of downtown. And certainly they they welcome food. Uh, They have two operations at Community Kitchen. One is what they call congregate eating, which means people come to that facility and have dinner. Um, They also operate a facility that serves food up in the Crestmont area of the community. Um, Shalom Community Center serves food during the day. Mm -hmm. And so they're preparing meals. And again, I think... 
one of the questions that was earlier on, earlier on that we discussed was it's 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 nice that the Community Foundation and the Chamber of Commerce in United Way working together on National Philanthropy Day. I think that points to the growing complexity of these issues and the growing complexity of our responses. We need to be thinking creatively. And so how do we make sure that people just aren't getting dinner? They're also getting breakfast and lunch. How do we make sure that as they're getting meals, they're also getting case management and getting counseling on services like jobs or veterans benefits or social security or food stamps? And so really the kind of language that we've been adopting at United Way is there was the old way, which is, gee, we need child care, so let's just have a child care facility. The new way is um, we need 211 to help keep people informed about it. We need born learning to help people become prepared for what they can do to help their child prepare for daycare and for school. We want accredited child care facilities like Monroe County Ministries. We want to make sure that kids have food because that makes them better learners. We want to make sure that kids have a safe home, a stable home, that, are, that there's some, um, some stability in their living. And we want to make sure that their parents are doing okay. And it may be that parents are between jobs and need to go and enroll in one of the chamber-sponsored programs called HIRE so they can build up their skills, so they can prepare for the jobs that were so successful in bringing to our community. It may be that we've got teen parents and they are in danger of dropping out of school and they need to enroll in another Franklin Initiative-sponsored program called NETS. Um, These things exist in our communities to make sure that we don't have people fall through the cracks. Barry, you've you've mentioned several different things, but you really broke down the United Way's uh, mission to seven different items, right. correct? Could yes. you sort of list through those seven? I think you've named probably all of them at some point today, but but just list the seven because I think it really gives a lot of clarity to what you're trying to do to support the community. We developed these goals based on the last assessment of our community called SCAN, which was released a couple of years ago. And so at United Way, we decided that our priorities were going to be these seven goals. The first is that everyone have sufficient food. Everyone have a safe place to live. People have access to basic medical services, and there's been a lot of discussion about the transition from CHAP, which has been very successful, to VIM, Volunteers in Medicine, which will be even more successful. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a need for mental health services at places like Catholic Charities um, and Oak Tree Counseling and um, through the Mental Health uh, America, which used to be the Mental Health uh, Alliance. We also make sure that people have access to services in a crisis, whether that crisis is domestic violence or, or a tornado or a house fire. Those services need to be there to help people. People when those crises occur, we also need to be. We also want to make sure that we are helping our children grow and prosper, providing the right opportunities for them in preschool, in after-school activities, and helping them stay in school and recognize the importance of education. We um, recognize that people are preparing for a workforce that is very different than it was 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. Our economic development community, including the chamber, has been extraordinarily successful in bringing jobs to Monroe County. But what we've heard from employers, what the chamber has heard and what we've heard is that there's a disconnect between the careers people are preparing for and the careers that are coming here. We have 1,200 life science jobs coming to the community in the next five years. Those are going to be decent jobs. Those are the kind of jobs that people should be preparing for or if they are find themselves without a job, um, should think about retraining for. Certainly there are other jobs as well, but those are areas of high growth. And so making sure that people have the skills and supports to both enter and stay in the workforce. And finally, we recognize that um, our seniors are very interested in maintaining their independence as long as possible. And so what kind of supports through agencies like Area 10 can we provide to make sure that they have that ability? Thank you very much. Um, A couple of different things I wanted to talk about. Um, Kind of the Ebenezer Scrooge approach to (laughs) philanthropy is, you know, the government should handle this. Why isn't the government handling this? And so approach that subject, if you would, please. Well, we have a tradition in America of pulling together and helping our neighbors in need. And I... um, I I think that's part of where philanthropy goes back to, that you think about the pioneers coming together and pulling, you know, putting up houses together and uh, creating institutions like libraries um, and schools and churches. And, you know, we're a country of people who like to create institutions to care for our own communities. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And part of that is supporting those institutions, which is not to say that our government doesn't um, do a lot of things. I know here in Monroe County, the Jack, Jack Hopkins uh, social service grants um, are very important, um, along with community foundation grants and funding provided uh, by United Way to human service organizations. But, of course, there's still a lot more need left, and that's where that individual support is so important. 
Okay. And another, our president has um, opened up the opportunity for faith-based initiatives to, to potentially get some federal funding. And I'd just like to know your, uh, your response to that and if you think that's a good idea and kind of get into a little bit of the faith-based um, philanthropy that goes on. I think as we see increasingly around the country, um, issues become more complex and require more comprehensive and complex um, solutions. And so to um, involve the faith community um, as appropriate certainly makes a lot of sense. And um, just again, I think we we hear about these issues nationally, but we think about them locally and recognizing the caring that goes on at religious institutions throughout our community. Um, when Hurricane Katrina hit, um, we certainly um, worked closely with a lot of faith-based communities um, and and providing care. As a matter of fact, the very uh, it was no more than a few weeks ago, um, I had heard from Temple from Congregation Beth Shalom they were still working with a family, um, and so it's it's that kind of of hope that we have in our community that we will all come together, um, not only in these crises, but also on a regular basis. And again, the faith communities support Monroe County, provide support for Monroe County United Ministries. Um, that is not, it's a non-denominational agency. It's not tied to any one faith, but many um, congregations have decided, you know, um, we care about basic services. We are going to achieve our philanthropy by funding places like Monroe County United Ministries. And so I think increasingly we see opportunities to to work together. I think there are um, folks who are very careful, um, both from the, the um, community service um, side as well as the faith-based side, to ensure that these arrangements make sense, that they're to the benefit of all the organizations. Um, accepting government funding involves some, usually some some rules and some strings and some restrictions, mm -hmm. and those may be just fine, but other um, some entities may decide that that's not really where they can be the most effective. And so I think evaluating these things um, on an individual basis, seeing where, where these partnerships make sense, um, it's certainly an opportunity. It's interesting because if you look at the origin of philanthropy, religion has been very strong. For many people, the religious impulse is part of where that desire to give. Isn't that is still the biggest recipient it of is the, people's – It's um, the largest sector both nationally and in Indiana of giving is the religious sector. Now, I know with the Community Foundation, um, we certainly have funded religious organizations who are doing human service projects. Um, like one of our recent um, grants was to Grace Food Pantry, which is open, open to food pantries serving the southern part of Monroe County where there's a lot of need um, to, for a food pantry. Um, we look at it very carefully to make sure that a project that we're funding is supporting um, – needs of the population, and it's really focused on the service and that it's not um, tied with a particular set of religious beliefs or a, you know, necessity of participating in certain, you know, practices or, you know, that really it's about serving the needs of the population, not about conveying a particular um, religious message, although those religious commitments are certainly where the desire to give springs from for some of those organizations. Okay, I have a couple of things, and we have about 15 minutes to go in the program, so if there are points that we've missed here. Now's the time to be gathering those thoughts. Um, our, our guests, again, are Barry Lesso, Executive Director of United Way of Monroe County, Sherry Woodbury, the President and CEO of the Community Foundation of Bloomington and Monroe County, and Christy Steele, the President and CEO of the Greater Bloomington Chamber of Commerce. I want to make the point that even though all three of you are here in Bloomington, WFIU goes to many, many, many counties, and there's a Chamber of Commerce, and there's a United Way, and there's a Community Foundation, and probably every county that's listening mm -hmm. to us. So hopefully all the things that we're talking about today are relevant to uh, everybody out there. Yes. Um, and I wanted to talk a little bit about the, um, the fact that, you know, Barry is tied in primarily with, with uh, I mean, he just went through his list of seven things. And those are really emergency services in a lot of ways and making sure people have the basic human needs. Um, those are things that both the chamber and business, businesses in general and the community foundation are also involved with. But there also are many nonprofits in the community that that uh, create a cultural richness in our community that philanthropy can actually uh, participate in so that we have the art, we have music, we have recreational mm -hmm. opportunities. Mm -hmm. So I wanted, uh, again, to give you, uh, let's start with uh, Sherry and, and Christy, the opportunity to talk about how 
different organizations get involved with those. Yeah. I mean, we're blessed in this area that there are so many nonprofit organizations doing good work for a variety of interests. I'm just taking a look at our our grant list here from 2006, and I can mention a couple of programs we funded recently that kind of help illustrate that. Um, The Bloomington Area Arts Council um, has after-school arts education programs. Uh, Bloomington Playwrights Project, which is one of our treasures here. I know we just funded um, a Latino short play festival um, Mm -hmm. that they've got going on. Um, Bloomington Restorations, which, of course, does important preservation work, um, received funding for the Hinkle Garden, a farmstead historic site, a really neat project uh, in our community. Let's see. Well, education as well. Uh, Mm -hmm. The Foundation of Monroe County Community Schools received um, several grants for uh, educating our children in and for the 21st century, kind of looking ahead at those needs, as well as a program called a Read 180, um, looking at our reading needs in the community. And Wonder Lab Museum, which is also a um, pretty unique organization uh, for Bloomington, um, had a Nature Packs Backpack program as well as a Connecting to the Community program. And just even thinking about the organizations that have endowment funds within the Community Foundation, like the Parks and Recreation Foundation for the city of Bloomington, um, you know, we've got wonderful organizations working with recreational um, interests in the community, working with preservation and beautification, as well as a very strong arts community here in Monroe County. And Bob, let me just mention that yeah. they're um, following up on Sherry's remarks. The um, she mentioned the Community Foundation being involved with um, the Nonprofit Alliance and some of the trainings, and they certainly have. They've been a very active partner on that Nonprofit Alliance steering committee. Our representatives from the Community Foundation, United Way, um, and educational organizations like the Hope Foundation, the Monroe County Humane Association, Sycamore Land Trust, Bloomington Area Arts Council, Center for Behavioral Health, and again, the recognition that the nonprofit sector in Monroe County is very rich. And so, we want to make sure that as we are thinking ahead, as we're planning together as a sector, that we are involved. Involving all of the nonprofits in this community because, again, we find so many ways that we are related and so many ways that our nonprofits tie in together. And I think listeners in every community will know how their own agencies work with one another to help accomplish some of these more complex challenges. Actually, I seem to remember looking at some of the data from uh, Kirsten Grunberg's studies from SPIA. Um, we do have a very dense nonprofit sector here, and we do a pretty good job of working together. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. one of the things um, we hear, and we heard this when we did our research too, is that it's hard to find the time to come together and have those conversations. Um, but it's wonderful to have a resource like the Nonprofit mm-hmm. Alliance that exists just for that purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done a lot of fundraising over the years for one thing or another. And you're always out there looking for that angel, that big donor, but there are only so many bill cooks to go around. And so talk a little bit, if you would, about um, giving levels and, and what you suggest or, you know, how a family starts to make a plan and, and talk about real numbers for for implementing that plan. Yeah, Barry, I mean, there used yeah. to be a time when United Way said there was a fair share, yep. which I think was one hour if you're hourly and one percent if you're salary. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The, the, we, we, for a long, many years, had something called exactly just like that, the fair share, and it was one percent. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of workplaces still really think in those terms, giving one percent of your salary to United Way is is um, is a fair share. Um, we, we've we kind of gotten into different language for the most part, but Indiana University, um, somebody over there came to us a couple years ago and recognized that we were um, celebrating those givers who gave $1,000 or more, people at our vanguard level, and we are very, very glad to have those. Um, but he said, you know, I recognize that there are people who are not in a position to do that. I would like to know how can I recognize people in my division who are giving, let's just say, 1%. Mm-hmm. And we explained the old fair share concept, and he said, well, I like that. Let's go with care share. Um, and so it's the care share concept. And this year, just about every school at uh, Indiana University Bloomington is um, has that as an option. Uh, donors can check off that they have given 1%, and then um, their Dean, um, and we think the IU women's basketball team are, are going to have a recognition for those donors at the end of the year. So um, we recognize that nationwide people give on the average of about 2% of their salary to charity. Um, and so certainly this is something where where we feel people are, are, are very uh, – we're very grateful for that kind of philanthropy. Giving level, a dollar a week can make a tremendous amount of difference. Our agencies, um, all the agencies in this community know how to stretch those dollars. And so a dollar a week, two dollars a week can really make an incredible difference. A thousand dollars a year, um, a vanguard level for us. Different agencies have different names for that kind of a level of giving obviously. Um, really can make a significant difference and really points to a, a personal commitment um, of significant impact on the community. I think the other piece of this too, and this goes more to the work that Christy does, um, 
we, I think as a community, are well served when we have um, resources and those resources are generated by the private sector and can lead to um, not only personal wealth but can lead to employment opportunities, can lead to good paying jobs. And so to get to the other point of your question is we need to create the opportunities for more Bill Cooks. Um, that's, I think, the other side of that coin as well. Mm-hmm. Christy, what about businesses? Do, do businesses go in with sort of in their business plan have a giving Yes, often they do. And in fact, uh, we recently have uh, studied a few of our members and and how do they set up their own giving plans? Um, Because so many, we we are blessed, like Sherry um, alluded to, with so many fabulous nonprofits here in the community. Businesses are contacted by a number of nonprofits and they really struggle. And so we've, in fact, even steered other businesses to some whom we know have strong plans. Um, And whether it be, you know, if it's that you care about, uh, human services, you care about education, find what that niche is for you or that organization um, that works for you or two or three and then come up with a plan. Similar to um, the, the suggestion about family plans, a lot of businesses have also come up with that um, style of plan as they look at their budget for the year and they, they earmark a certain amount and then say, okay, he, here is an X percentage that we're going to uh, specifically earmark and then another um, open section for opportunities that come along the way. And I know some businesses Businesses even survey their employees and Absolutely. say, here's how much money we have available to give. What are your suggestions, mm-hmm. which I think is a really smart way to get employee buy-in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And often, you know, businesses will allow nonprofits to come in and, and talk to their staff about opportunities as well, whether it be United Way or other organizations. And I think that's great as well, that a lot of our businesses are indeed open. And again, they see themselves as uh, they do well in this community and how can they give back and be stronger participants in it. But exactly. I think of a, a Curry Buick, a Calipine Agency mm-hmm. truck, who I know has a program of they call it Carrie Curry calls it corporate tithing. Yeah. You know there is a certain amount they try to set aside each year, and in good years uh, when there's extra, they've actually built up an endowment fund for their area of interest, um, which is local arts and children's causes, and that makes it possible then even when it's a lean business year to keep that giving going with the giving program that they, mm-hmm. they've established for themselves. We have a little less than two minutes to go, so any any topics that we uh, want to stress again. I think just uh, we thank everyone who has been a philanthropist in Monroe County and in the surrounding areas. People, as we know, um, it's voluntary giving for the pub, for the for the common good, and that can mean. Uh, that can mean money. That can mean setting up an endowment. That can mean volunteering. We're very lucky to live in a community where people have that kind of giving attitude. Um, at the same time, I think we're all recognized that the holidays are upon us. The needs are are here this um, are here this year as they always are. Um, the United Way campaign is about halfway towards its goal, and so we're optimistic we're going to be able to reach it. But we um, encourage people to um, to take a look at our website and get in touch with us if they have any questions. And so that is www. MonroeUnitedWay.org. And just like Sherry and Christy, um, thank you to everyone who's given. All right. Ten seconds, Christy? Yes, absolutely. We just can't thank enough uh, the individuals and the businesses in this community who did give back to make this such a wonderful community and enrich the fabric of our um, our character here in uh, Bloomington, Monroe County. Thanks. Ten seconds, Sherry. Last ten seconds. <laughs> if folks are interested in learning more about what the Community Foundation offers, they can go online to www.communityfoundation.ws. And we do have such a wonderful nonprofit sector here that I think people can feel very comfortable knowing we're good stewards of the public's trust. It's very worthwhile to give. All right. And we are out of time. I want to thank Barry Lesso, Sherry Woodbury, and Christy Steele for being here with us today. For Mary Catherine Carmichael and engineer Mike Pashkash, I'm Bob Zaltzberg. Thanks for listening. Noon Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times.